Welcome back, everybody, to Cinema Club. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's date is July 12th, 2020. Uh, hi, everybody. It's been a while, I know. Hey. Hey, hey. Yeah, uh, Jared and I took a bit of a hiatus, sabbatical, whatever you'd like to call it, to kind of just rest and recover, and I feel really good. How do you feel? I mean, I feel, you know, considering all things in the world, I don't feel good. I feel terrible all the time, but I'm just saying... <laughs> I feel well recovered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, f- yeah, I feel especially right now. I feel that I am uh, warm. My body is cramped. It's very tight. I'm sweating. My legs are uncomfortable. Uh, just as context, everybody, me and Erica have been experimenting with new rooms and situations to record in. I'm currently sitting in my closet. I took out half my clothes. It's a very small closet. My legs are like propped up against the door and it's warm. (laughs) It's so warm. Yeah. I am also in my closet. Um, not propped up like Jared, but I have like a weird long, like skinny closet. So I'm like barely in it, but my legs get to be outstretched and I was an idiot and decided to light a candle at some point. And I was just like hot as fuck and I'm also sweating and for some reason I mentioned tea and Jared and I are both drinking just like hot tea now in this tiny closet. Hopefully we sound better. Hopefully we sound great. I mean we do sound great. Hopefully the the sacrifices are worth it you know. Yeah I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about at this moment but I'm overall I'm feeling okay. It was a little bit of an adjustment to get back into reality after being gone for like a week it was really nice so i went to tahoe on yellowstone and i didn't have cell service for like three four days it was amazing i didn't like have any internet connection it was great um and now i'm back and it's good to be back but also uh you know we're back yeah i uh went on like a shorter camping trip for a, a couple of days uh, up in Stanislaus. And it was nice. I, I was telling Jared earlier that as relaxing and nice and peaceful as it was, it was also chaotic. Um, there were so many kids, uh, like families just camping over the July 4th weekend, kind of. And there were so many families and, you know, none of them were wearing fucking masks. And it was just like, I refused to even look in the same direction of someone um, unless, no, that's it. Just period. I refuse to look at someone, um, let alone be in like, they were like the shared bathrooms and I just looked so bizarre cause I would just wait outside, even though like you're allowed to have two people in there at once or whatever, but I just waited outside <laughs> until they were done like a creep, but whatever. I feel like something that's become apparent through all this. I mean, it's something that I feel like I've known, we've always known, I've known is that a lot of people just don't care about other people. I feel like it's just made it more apparent and like almost made it more like socially acceptable, you know, to be like, oh, I don't care about other people. And like, that's a okay thing. I don't necessarily agree, but I do. I think, I think it just, it it just like is a normalized, it's like not a normalized thing, but it's almost like a normalized thing for people to just not decide to care. I was talking to someone recently, one of my good friends, actually yesterday, um, and she mentioned this I this thing where everyone is around us, you know, including you and I, are probably feeling 
fatigue from taking such precautions towards interacting with other people to the point where it's just like you're just so fatigued and exhausted from it at some point you just are like fuck it like i i stopped i'm i cease to care no i mean i think the pandemic and the world this year has shown how we as humans can like come together more and help each other out and i think there have been a lot of great things that people have been doing for each other it's just that there are still others out there who don't want to do that or feel that their um their own lives are more important than others yeah i i definitely see that and i also think you know and i'm i'm not like playing some sort of like devil's advocate or whatever but i had one of those discussions with someone recently about you know, why they don't wear masks. And while there are people out there that, you know, don't give a fuck about anyone's safety other than their own, there are people who are confused. Um, You know, you and I and everyone else in the world, I'm sure, are being just, are having content constantly thrown at them and information constantly being thrown at them. And it's hard to kind of determine which are facts, and, you know, there are so so many things that are being said that kind of contradict each other that I think it's hard to make a decision when there is still so much that is unknown about this illness, you know. I do side on the idea of if you don't fucking know what you should be doing, do the best you can be doing and wear a mask, wash your hands, don't hang out with your fucking friends at their house, you know, and don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that was the end of that. Don't go to Disney World. Don't, oh my God. Don't go to... Stop. Don't even... I, I'm so... Don't go to Disney World. And I'm so glad recently the county of Alameda um, just decided that there's no longer any outdoor dining. So don't do that either. My God. People, come on. Yeah. So while Jared and I have had some time off, uh, we actually have not been watching any films to talk about on this episode of Cinema Club, but rather we've been catching up on a lot of summer shows or spring, late spring, early summer shows, I guess. Yeah, so it'll be a little different, but uh, it, I think it's something exciting that you know anyone listening can kind of keep up with um, as one of the series that we're we'll be talking about today is still ongoing uh at the time that we release this it will also probably still be running so yeah yeah we've been watching some really awesome tv shows both of them are black driven stories and yeah they've they've been really big hits this summer i think especially i may destroy you which we'll talk about later in the episode Uh, and i'm really excited to hear your thoughts about that show erica But before we get to that, let's talk about Pose. show, I started watching it last year because of a double feature at the Castro, which was The Queen and Paris is Burning. And if you haven't seen those movies, I highly recommend them. The Queen, I believe, is on Netflix and Paris is Burning, uh, which actually just had a Criterion release. I believe that's also streaming somewhere else. But if you want some other... Um, film pieces of media to go along with Pose. I highly recommend those two movies. They're a very good double feature pairing. Yeah, this, you know, I really love this show because of how it really touches into a lot of these issues, you know? And I feel like this this particular world, this particular time period is not something that we really learn much about in other places, you know? We sort of see things adjacent to it 
Um, and it, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really amazing show to sort of start with in terms of go learning and going into other, um, other content that is adjacent to it, you know, whether it's contemporary or from that time period as well. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the show, Erica. You know, I, I agree. I, I love Pose. Um, I got into it at some point last year at this, uh, trivia I would go to religiously would have screenings right after the trivia games were over. Um, I, I'm, I was so excited to hear that, uh, there was a second season being released. Uh, the first season, uh, just really like bringing, like just sucking me in almost immediately. So I, you know, I couldn't wait. Um, so I think the second season of Pose, uh, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a deeper dive into, um, life outside and life living with uh, a disease that is kind of, you know, looming in the back of everyone's mind, you know, speaking of the characters, of course, um, and, and, you know, and the viewers, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, and I think I don't have a very clear memory of everything that happened in the first season, but I feel like the first season introduced, like, how hard it is for people to be uh, living with one another when they feel like their days are being numbered. And I feel like, um, in terms of this pandemic that's being brought up in the show, I feel like the second season really just, uh, brings more of how you can thrive and how you can live alongside, you know, possibly having an illness or having loved ones that, you know, that have an illness. Um, and I, I love that, you know, despite it being such a dark topic that's, you know, really sad and, but also important to, to know more about, I think it's kind of a refreshing take on like how these, how these characters that we learned to love in season one are thriving, you know, I, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think of the journey that all of, you know, the main characters really, go through, you know, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season is really interesting. You know, um, we essentially are seeing the, the breaking down of house of Evangelista. And through that, we see the breakup of the family, but we also get to see each of these characters sort of begin to blossom and become their own people, you know? And yeah, I think with the second season, although it really digs into these issues, on a more personal basis, we get to see a lot more growth um, and individuality within each other. Yeah, and I also think uh, while you're talking about people's journeys, I I love how thorough this season is with everyone's journey and like them following their dreams. And I I think we might have talked about this, you know, off the record, so to speak. Um, but I also, one, if there's anything negative that I have to say about the season of Pose is that I kind of felt like there was too much happening. Uh, I feel like it, every episode there were a lot of really, you know, intense twists and and just like really big things in an individual's life occurring. But it was so, it was kind of hard for me to keep track um, throughout the entire season. But also, I, I have to understand that this is an ensemble cast. You know, they each get shared screen time 
and like people, they, you know, they got shit going on in their lives, like you and I. And, you know, something big could be happening in your life at the same time. Something big could could be happening in mine. And I think that's very realistic that these characters would be undergoing possibly like these big uh, life changing moments. But just like it it was a lot for me to take in and just kind of remember. I, I feel like I had to take notes on my phone. Um, to remind me what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, and especially comparing it to the first season, right? Where the first season, it almost felt like we had more time with them to, like, catch up on these smaller motions and movements, right? Of Damon going to school, and then Damon falling in love. You know, it, 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 felt, it felt slower, which gave us more time to sort of follow along. And the season... The second season definitely felt like it tried to pack everything in, you know, it tried to like put as much as it possibly could into one season, which, you know, was great because we got to see a lot of interesting stories and we got to see a lot of growth from the characters. But at the same time, it felt it felt like a lot, you know, it felt like too much. Yeah, now, now, that, now that we're even talking about it, I'm thinking about, like, all of the, the issues and topics that this show goes on and just, like, the last half of the season. And it's, like, you know, a lot of transphobia in entrepreneurship and, like, into, you know, self-started business. And then there's, you know, and that goes from the beauty industry to the fashion industry. And then there's, you know, the... There's a person killed, and then they have the you know at some point the characters have to find a way to dispose of it, and then someone falls in love, and then they fall out of love, and then it gets really fucking messy, you know, all in like three episodes. And and so like the one thing too is there were some things that were just like forgotten about. Okay, can we talk about Blanca's like beachside romance that seemed perfect, but then. Uh- that was like twenty minutes long. We don't. We never. We never hear anything else about it. What was up with that? Because it all. Can I also just say I was slightly worried about that, right? Because it all seemed too perfect. I was waiting for something to go wrong, or for something to be wrong with him, or for him to, you know, anything, right? But then it's not. Then it's perfect, and then it's gone. Which also happened with Praytel in season one. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I you know I kind of felt that that was just like a throw in, because uh, all of these other characters were kind of blossoming in their journey, and Blanca had been going through you know going fucking through it, and you see her go through a lot of shit. You know she loses she doesn't lo- necessarily lose her family, but you know her her birds are leaving the nest and her babies are leaving the nest. And I feel like they had to just like throw something really good for her kind of at the end there. And maybe that was like that weird small fling. And yeah, I agree. It was a little too good to be true. But then, but then like, why just throw us like a false, like you threw us like a a five minute snack. It was like two bites and it's gone. Like if you really are wanting to give her, something to love then like give her something to love you know don't like have this beat i don't know i mean maybe that's what she needed maybe she just needed someone to see her for who she was and to love her for that love her regardless of that and you know which is fine but they seemed really great together and i'm sad about it Uh, yeah i I'm only hoping because they did kind of draw it out a little bit where he, you know, they get back from their trip and then he leaves the voicemail on the phone for her. I I kind of am hoping that maybe that this is something that they'll 
when the third season is up and running, maybe they'll touch base. Maybe this is like a setup so they don't have to like do the whole reintroduction and find a way to uh, integrate that into a separate storyline where, you know, he'll already be here. So that'll that'll help with that is what I'm hoping. But they did that. But they did that with Pray Tell also. So I'm like, is this just gonna is this just gonna be a trend that they do, where they just like drop us a little something all the time, and then we never get any like satisfying like substance from it? Yes, and I think I think I just a part of watching Pose for me is like accepting that you know, it it's a little sometimes the storylines are a little you know offbeat or sudden and it's campy and that's I just have to take it for what it is it's kind of like it's kind of like how I feel about the L word like the the reboot where I you know like there's too much drama um and it's just like hard to believe sometimes and I think I just have to I have to take everything that I'm watching when I watch Pose with a grain of salt but also just enjoy it for what it is you know oh my god though I'm so sorry. Can we just, like, call out what I would consider to be the underdog shining star? Like, beautiful uh, chef's kiss. Little Poppy. This entire season. Like, what the fuck? He is like, listen, I'm just here for you to be your best self. And if that doesn't include me, that's okay. Because I want what's best for you. Like, okay then. Take me now. It's like, it's again, it, it, to me... It was another, like, it's too good to be true. And the entire time through his and Angel's relationship, I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. And it doesn't. It's, I mean, for the most part. But it was wonderful. It was really, you know, it was really amazing to see that kind of relationship for Angel, especially after her relationship with Stan in season one. It felt like the right thing, you know, like, their character really went through a lot in season one and rightfully so they got this beautiful and healthy relationship with Lil Poppy and I'm here for it. I'm here for it every day. I, I stand, I ship, I stand, I, whatever the, the new word is that I don't know for it yet, but I do that for that. I do think it was very just like a quick sharp turn when they were like, uh, proposing to each other, which was cute, but it was just like, okay, sure, just throw that in there. Just throw it onto the things that I cannot remember within the next episode or, like, you know, at the end of the... I guess that maybe that was the last episode, but... But, you know, it's just like, okay, sure, I'll take it. Oh, so good. I think... I feel like I want to, like, rewatch... I feel like it's been so long since I... Not since I've watched it, but since I've watched the first season. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it again. Uh, do we want to talk about Candy's death at all? Because that was just, like, a weird ghost in the room. <laughs> I mean, literally was a ghost in, like, every room, right? Which was interesting to me, because at least before that, she didn't seem like that major of a character. Like, she just sort of seemed like a tossing character. Be that one at the ballroom, and to be that one who, like, gets read by Pray Tell every single night. And so I was sort of surprised by, you know, the relevance her death had with all the characters. But now that I think back on it, I, I think it it was more the... I mean, it, it was her death, right? But it was that idea of, like, nobody is safe in this... None of them are safe in this world, you know, uh, simply for the fact of being who they are. I think that Candy's death is... A part of this glue that keeps being mentioned throughout the season, and it's that, 
you know, at the end of the day, houses will can turn on each other. You know, there'll be house hoppers, there'll be feuds, there'll be, you know, fists being thrown or like whatever. But when one one person experiences a trauma or death, you know, it they're that's their kin. And I feel like that's brought up a, a few times and made a, a point a few times in this season. And we see that when Electra tries to sabotage uh, the Evangelistas by trying to break Damon's foot. Um, you know, and, and I think it's just one of those things where at the end of the day, they're, like I said, they're all akin. They're all family. They have to take care of each other. If one, if one passes or like if something were to happen to one person, like it, it is like a, an earthquake that whose aftershock is just felt, you know, constantly in, in this community. And so I, I understand why Candy's death is so important. And I also understand why she makes, you know, her spooky ass, beautiful comebacks every now and then, you know, she shows up here and there. And I understand it's like, it's this idea, you know, where if someone passes the idea of them, they're, the love that you felt for them, you know, always continues to linger around. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it, you know, I feel like this entire season, I mean, the, the show in general, especially now, it was, I had a, I had to break it up in pieces just because of obvious, obviously it's subject matter and its nature is very, very relevant and topical to today's, today's world. And so yeah, I, I think this is a really important uh, piece of work, piece of media, piece of art to look at, you know, today because it it is a piece that is exploring a time period that's 30 years ago, but all of the things that are happening in it, we are dealing with today. And I think it's really interesting to, you know, watch it with today's lens, with today's con context, because we're going through the same shit, you know, and yeah, it's, it was a, it was a really good season to be out, be put out right now. I also really loved all the quotes that they put at the end. Um, just those little, you know, little added notes. Those I found were really nice. And speaking of relevant issues that, you know, can be hard to tackle or hard to talk about, the ongoing series that we're watching currently, I May Destroy You, um, definitely is, as Jared mentioned, a heavy hitter, but it's, you know, it, it tackles it on really gracefully and, like, brutally honestly. I May Destroy You is uh, written and stars Michaela Cole, whom you may know from Chewing Gum, um, also from Black Mirror. Uh, and it's basically a story where we follow her character, who is kind of this uh, internet social media influencer, um, you know, who goes out, parties, hangs out with their friends, does young people shit as I mentioned previously at some point, I'm sure, in, in this podcast, and realizes at some point that she has been sexually assaulted. And kind of throughout the, the season, up to the point where Jared and I are at, which are which is at episode five, I think we'll watch episode six probably later tonight, um, she kind of is slowly learning more about herself while exploring how sexual assault can affect someone and the people around her and 
you know, what is right and wrong. And I think it's, it's a very realistic take on this. I personally had a hard time watching this. Um, I, I took a little break after watching the first episode because it just felt so loaded. And I, I took a break. I told Jared about it. And then, um, Jared was like, I love this. I've been watching it. And, and then I picked it back up. I have a lot of feelings for this and I'm really glad we didn't record this right after I'd watched the last episode. And I had some like time to think about this, but I'm very interested in what you you think about this, Jared. I know we haven't talked about it yet. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing show. If you haven't seen it and you're interested, I would definitely recommend, as Erica said, to do a little bit of research, not too much, but just do a little bit because, yeah, it's about it's a very heavy subject matter. And, you know, I, I think it's something that warrants uh, trigger warning or just some some awareness of what it's about. Yeah, I, I I actually had this recommended to me by a number of people and I can't, you know, thank them enough because this is is a show that really excels on like every piece of it, right? I mean, the writing is so sharp. It's funny and honest and real. And the acting as well is just like, the acting is just pinpoint excellent. You know, all the little intricacies and quirks of these characters, you know. Yeah, I particularly am interested in Kwame's story and sort of the contrast that we're getting I think very intentionally between Kwame and Arabella's stories and experiences you know I think that's something that the show excels at is not not just tackling this one issue of rape and sexual assault but also exploring it in in ways that I've never seen or even had thought of that much you know in the in this way and yeah I think it's wonderful it's poignant it's smart it's funny it's also like deeply relatable even you know on just like tiny levels uh arabella is a writer has these like long bouts of just rambling but also these like very strong relatable moments of writer's block and just the way with how she tries to tackle that i really relate to and i i just find that it it's portrayed and shown in a really funny way. It's a really great show. I, I agree. I think um, this show speaks volumes to me. It It's, you know, I I have, I have love Michaela Cole, um, but I relate so much more to her character in this show, I May Destroy You, than I did in, in Chewing Gum, I will say. Um, I had never felt so seen. Like, not only are there really uncomfortable moments that are, you know hard to watch but there are these uncomfortable moments that are just cringy and straight up like kind of funny um like a a very i'm sure if anyone who's watched this season or this show can think about the sex scene in the third episode which is just like so cringy and my goodness jared when he picks up the fucking clot i it sent me i literally died i was just like are you uh and i so is con can i sorry is context can we just do a little bit of like a story time about so erica had watched a few of the episodes before me and erica called me like stopped the show called me 
And, like, she didn't even, like, say anything. She was just, like, screaming. And I'm like, Erica, what's wrong? What's what's happening? And she just is like, episode three, I can't tell you what's happening, but episode three. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I don't, like... My God. I... So, and then I got to it, and I just text Erica, like, oh, my God, like, 17 times. And I was just like, wow, wow. It was... Oh no, I was just, I, I was, I don't think I've ever seen that happen, like in a show or in a movie, like, I'm sure maybe it has been done before, but I, I've never, um, felt so deeply embarrassed for a character and like my, myself for some reason. Uh, Um, and I will say that the third episode is hilarious and it is much needed humor in, um, what is otherwise a very dark, dark story. Uh, as someone who relates a lot to Arabella, I think I found myself becoming really upset um, and impatient with her, especially in the process of her processing, you know, what the fuck is happening to me? I've been assaulted. What is my next step? What do I do? Um, and I think it's just such a relatable thing for a lot of people, you know, not only women, but... And I think this series takes it on really well you know you become fed up and with her handling of certain situations but realistically that's how people feel you know it's always easy to tell someone else if something has happened to you you can tell me you can be open with me you can tell me anything you're comfortable with you should report it i will be there for you um but when you're in those shoes it's much harder you know, we see that in Kwame's character. It, it There was a huge fear of rejection when you're trying to speak your truth in situations like this. There's um, this fear of not being taken seriously. There's this fear of being shamed because of the situation that other people will believe you've put yourself into. You know, this, this show is so relevant in in so many ways you know there there are scandals and bad shit happening all the time just like this you know and it's important to talk about why why these things make us feel uncomfortable yeah i totally agree with that you know i think this show does a really great job of tapping on you know this cultural zeitgeist that exists in our world and is frankly something that we can no longer turn a blind eye from or kind of shrug off and be like, oh, well, that's, you know, the that's the world. You know, I think the show, if anything, is at the forefront of, like, s- telling us, stop, like, no, that's not okay, and this isn't okay, and, like, we need to address this, and we need to talk about this. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, despite having a main plotline surrounding sexual assault and rape, and abuse. This series also uh, takes on this topic of racism in the form of microaggressions. Um, you know, I'm actually interested to, to know what you thought of this as well, Jared. Um, you know, there are so many times I think there are in the series that hair is brought up. Um, Arabella's good friend Terry, uh, you know, experiences racism in the form of microaggressions when she. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Auditions for a beauty commercial or 
I something I sorry, I I don't know when she takes on an audition for an, an acting gig. You know, uh, she, her interviewers ask her to kind of remove her hair. They ask her a bunch about it. You know, and it had that very uh, your hair is so interesting. Can I touch it? Vibe, which was very uncomfortable. And it's yeah, I I feel like there's been so much focus on racism in a setting that I feel familiar with, aka, like, maybe the States. It's very different to see this being kind of told through a different lens, coming from a different experience. I'm interested to hear what you thought about that, Jared, too. There's also this really interesting sort of backstory, almost like C's story that's happening in the background where on the news is constantly brought up about these events that are happening in her home country that, you know, almost put off to the side is like, oh, that's just like background noise. But to me has been very, has been very loud, you know, of like, this is not something that is just going away silently. Like it's always there and it's constantly in your mind. And I think that's, that's sort of what the point of all of these things are in the show, you know, whether it be sexual assault, rape or racism, like we can have these moments where we seem to forget about it, but it's still always going to be there in some form, in some capacity. And I think it, it in a really smart way tackles the systemic issues that are plaguing our world today. Yeah, you know, I May Destroy You really tackles a lot of issues, and it does so in such a graceful way that you almost you almost don't even notice the layers and the depth that it's going about these ideas and these themes. And I really appreciate that, you know. I mean, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of talent and skill to write about one of these things and it's you know something else entirely to write about all of those things within the same show and i may destroy you does it on an amazing level yeah i'm really excited to keep watching this show you know it'll it'll kind of be our new our new insecure show that we'll be talking about maybe with a little less uh joy and happiness um so i'm excited to talk about the new episode that will be on tonight. Uh, but next week, we have a couple of movies we plan to watch. One of them is Atlantics, and the other one is First Cow, uh, Kelly Reichardt new film, A24. I think it's going to be the fir- my first A24 film I've seen this year. Uh, quick note for those who don't know me, I like A24. <laughs> That is an that is the understatement of uh this this podcast so far. I well um I'm sorry. No 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 no. I feel like you're about to play it down again. <laughs> Jared is like an A twenty four fanboy. He's like an indie fanboy. I it's it's been really great because I've been able to like play it off <laughs> this entire podcast because there haven't been any new A twenty four movies. I mean, ugh, can we talk about like some of the things we're missing? Saint Saint Maud. Uh, the Green Knight, uh, First Cow, which was supposed to be out months ago, but is just coming out now. Uh, yes, I am a fan of A24. I enjoy the work that they put out, and I look forward to watching First Cow. 
as well as rewatching Atlantix. I watched it last year and it was a very interesting watch. And a side note about Atlantix for next week, we're going to be potentially having a special guest coming on to talk about that movie with us. So stay tuned to hear more about that. Our first guest. Let's see how it goes. We haven't had a guest before. Can't imagine that it's going to be any different. They'll probably also be in their closet sweating. It's going to be it's going to be an experience for us all to kind of live live through together. It'll be great. I'm I'm very excited about it. Uh this guest is a very good friend of mine who actually I think I've talked about on this podcast before. They've recommended me a couple movies that we ended up watching. So it'll be great to have them on here. Yeah. Um, I'm also very excited for next week. I am very excited for... uh, I recently switched banks. I started banking with a Black-owned bank called One United Bank. It's it's also a credit... I mean, it's a credit union. Um, And I still haven't gotten my my cards, so I'm just waiting for them in the mail. And I'm very excited um, to close my accounts with big-name banks. Stop giving my money to... You know, old rich people who don't need any more of it want to put my money back into my community. Um, I'm very excited for that. Later this week, Rob and I are borrowing um, a car. So maybe this weekend, this upcoming weekend, I'll, I'll, you know, drive out in the middle of nowhere and just like, I don't know, eat lunch. Maybe I'll just scream really loud and then immediately get back in the car and just drive home. Who knows? I, I'm very excited to just know that I have this like sweet, sweet freedom in the form of, you know, not being confined to my neighborhood. I did that when I was in the woods, actually. I, I, yeah, I found like the most isolated place I could find. And I just like screamed as loud as I could. It was wonderful. I think I scared some bison. But that was okay. I saw a lot of animals. I saw a lot of animals. I saw bears. I saw bison. I saw elk. Elk are huge. You know how big elk are? They're like the size of a horse. That's exciting, though. Where, um, do you know where you're going to go yet? Or no idea? No idea. But just, you know, I think maybe it'll come to me later this week. And then, uh, I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah. What about you? Oh, I got nothing in my life. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I know we said or we haven't been watching a lot of movies, but I actually have been watching a lot of movies. I watched like five movies yesterday, and a large part of that is because I'm reading this book. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but it's this book called Horror Noir, and it's about blacks in American horror films from like the 1890s to present. And it's a really great book. It covers, you know, a lot of the horror history um and so i've been working through those movies so i started i've started watching some silent films and i'm getting into like some of the talkies and um yeah i've been watching a lot of those so i'm excited to kind of keep going on my journey through black horror and blacks in horror this week Mm. nice may i'll have to read that too Oh my gosh, sorry, you just reminded me that I also have been watching a lot of movies, and uh, a friend of mine talked about this the other day, um, I started rewatching all of the Twilight movies, like all the films in the Twilight franchise, 
my god they absolutely do not hold up they are <laughs> but also like it's like very like you think twilight is a story about some girl who want you know falls in love with a vampire and like low-key maybe a werewolf and like has to decide blah 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 but this story is really are you team jacob i mean no not necessarily okay you have to rewatch this it's really hard for me to take sides because the 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 this story is actually about a polyamorous plain jane who cannot live with the fact that she is not special and magical like her friends and is just like thirsty to be something else and it is when you when you watch it like that my guy that changes life like i was like <laughs> it's like oh my and it's just so hard to watch and it's just like you know and I also, I, we have one, I have one left. I've been watching with Rob. We have one left. We have the last one left. Some things I've learned. Vampire heads are so easy to rip off. Bella's hella thirsty. Uh, be, you know, she is, yeah. <laughs> so you've watched them all now? Yes, I've already seen them all. Yeah, I, I watched them, like, you know, when my friends were, like, reading the books. Like, midnight, opening night, that was you, front seat. That's amazing. I love that for you. Yeah, yeah, midnight release. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wow. Don't, don't, okay. You know what? Don't out you like that? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. It's fair. I did, I did like call you out like as a A24 fanboy, so it's okay. But you know what I will say? I, I was talking with a friend about this and this should be like a challenge in, uh, during the shelter in place is like it's, the challenge is to put yourself through watching all of these films. It's hard. It's not fun. Um, it's very frustrating. The la- the second to last movie where we just watched it is the entire movie is basically just one super boring sex scene. And uh yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyways, that's all. <laughs> I will counter that for um just as some counter programming if nobody wants to watch all the Twilight movies, what I recommend you do is watch all of the child's play movies. And kill yourself by cinema that way. Because can I just... I So, I just watched all of the Child's Play films. And oh my god. They are not... Well... I can imagine those jokes don't... Like, those jokes probably did not age well. So, so here's the interesting thing. Is... <laughs> and so, just as also as a preface, I am a big horror fan. Obviously. And I love to binge watch all of these, you know, schlocky horror franchises. Uh, Last year or two years ago, I watched all 12 Friday the 13th movies in like two weeks, which was like a lot. And I did the same for Child's Play. I watched all seven. I think there's seven or eight of them within like 10 days. And, oh my god, these movies actually somewhat are progressive, question mark. So, the interesting thing is, for those of you who don't know, there's one movie called Seed of Chucky, which is about Chucky and Tiffany, and they're a killer doll duo, and they have a child. But the interesting thing is, that child is non-binary, and the entire movie the kid is trying to figure out what and who it wants to be. And it's kind of really interesting. I mean, it does it in a fairly tasteless and sloppy manner, so it's not great. But 
it surprised me. So I will I will give it that for trying. It's interesting. And if you're looking for some non-vampire watchings that are very bad, Child's Play might be up your alley. Check them out. Well, I think this wraps up this week's episode of Cinema Club. Uh, if you want to keep listening to us, you can subscribe to us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us at, at Cinema Club on Instagram and Twitter, uh, spelled exactly the way it sounds. But yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm Erica. I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye.